Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson. I am your host today for the Managing Partners Podcast. We're recording this live, and today I am joined by Daniel Brook. Hey, Daniel. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Daniel Brook is the managing partner of Brook Legal Incorporated in Montreal, Quebec. Brook Legal Incorporated has grown from a solo practice to a burgeoning firm that now has five lawyers and two articling students. His primary areas of practice are family law, commercial shareholder disputes, and general civil responsibility. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. Thanks for having me again. Hey, man. So, hey, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what your firm does. Great. So I have a bachelor in science in business from Yeshiva University, which is a Jewish private school in New York, uh, which is affiliated with Columbia University. Um, I have my background is in business, like I said, accounting and more management and advertising. Um, I graduated university right as I think Bear Stearns closed the week I graduated. There was no finance jobs available. I had nothing to do. I wanted to become an accountant, and my grandmother actually told me if I became an accountant, she'd never speak to me again. Wow. So pretty solid statement. So I I used to, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer, so I decided to go to law school. I graduated from law school in, I think, around 2010. I graduated law school. Then I, in Quebec, there's a mandatory six-month articling position, which is an internship, where it's supposed to be paid. It is paid. But basically, you you have the same responsibilities and obligations of a lawyer, but um, you're not an official full-title lawyer just yet. You'd have to be supervised by a lawyer who has five years of experience. That's that's the rule. So I did that. And then when I graduated my, my internship, basically I didn't... I, the offer, let's just say, wasn't that enticing to stay at the firm I was at. So I figured back right away after my six-month articling that, you know, the time was was right and I just went on my own. At first, I had a partner for about nine months. That didn't work out. And then I started the firm that eventually became Brook Legal in 2012, on my birthday, actually, of, of 2000. I, I incorporated the company the same day as my birthday. That was just a, I don't know. Coincidence. Yeah, it could not, could not, no, it wasn't a coincidence at all. I wanted it on purpose. It was a, it had a meeting for me. So uh, we started yeah. in 2012. At first, I I started in my parents' attic. They had a big house in Montreal. They had about a 1,500 square foot attic. Attic, sorry, I don't know why it's hard to say. I built a wall, you know, to make it confidential for, for my clients, you know, the uh, soundproof wall. And I basically worked there for two years. I had, at first, I, I think I had a secretary after about six months, I don't remember, but uh, it was just me in my parents' attic. And then slowly we moved into offices getting bigger and bigger. And today we, I grew to one lawyer, two lawyers, three lawyers, and now we're at five. Actually, two of my brothers are lawyers. Uh, one works with me, Joseph, and the other brother's on his own. He's a free bird. Um, so yeah, we're five lawyers today. Um, I have, I usually have between one and two of those interns I was talking about before. Um, and we have a support staff of about three to five people who do the billing and keep up with the files, etc. make sure the office runs smoothly. They're the real brain of the office. Oh yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah. So we grew, I mean, we grew from, like I said, one lawyer to five. At the beginning, it was organic growth, you know, just word of mouth referrals, keeping the prices honest, you know, c- competing on a price level. Yeah. I got recently, as of 2016, I got more interested with Google ads, you know, being top of the page when you Google certain certain words. And that's pretty much it. We, we have referrals and we, we do run Google ads. They are successful for the most part. Depends which topic of 
by. I don't know if you want to ask more specific questions on that, but I, actually, I, I would love to know because a lot of our guests uh, have run Google Ads in the past, but they haven't seen a lot of success and have stopped. So, yeah, what what is it that you're doing in Google Ads where you've seen success? So, I started. We also do um, minor traffic violations like speeding, stop signs, stuff like that. We have a lawyer who specializes in that. So, at first, I, I experimented in 2016 only in doing Google Ads for those type of infractions. That didn't really work because the price of Google Ads didn't pay. You know, it took too many positive conversions to uh, to justify the uh, the expenditure. So I did, but I did notice that there the phone did ring off the hook. So I did notice there was a there was a, there was a, a positive result. Just that the dollars and cents didn't make sense. In 2018, I decided to redo Google Ads, but this time not with minor traffic violations, but more with real I call them real, but more serious lawyer issues, sure. specifically divorces. Um, family law. So I found that people were often too too shy or too embarrassed to call friends or to ask work, work colleagues, you know, for, for a divorce lawyer. It was something more private. People did Google that a lot. Whereas other forms of law, people, you know, somebody who runs a business is not looking for a commercial lawyer on Google. They have their own referral system, their own network that, that, that they have. So I found that in family law, it, it worked well. Uh, we also ran Facebook ads. Facebook ads didn't work because the way I view it is that nobody goes on Facebook, sees a divorce lawyer and is like, oh, I should really get divorced today. Whereas, you know, you might see a nice pair of shoes or a, or a baseball cap you want to buy, but it's not, it doesn't work the same way with, with, with divorces. So I, I stayed away from Facebook ads. A lot of my friends that are in the advertising business swear by Facebook ads, but I think it's more for retail. I think it's more for, for a call to action. I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to convince people to get divorced. That's not my intention. My intention is if you're already in the market for a divorce, you, you, you call us. So that's why Google works because Google is, is a client-based initiation, meaning the client has to be looking for, for a lawyer and then they'll find us. So yeah. again, and also Google ads don't work on a short term basis. They work on a long term basis, meaning you have to have the cash flow to to endure the storm. So there might be some weeks where you spend, you know, for, for me, a lot of money between two and five thousand dollars a week and uh, you see zero results. But the next week you might get five or six clients, which pay, pays back the previous expenditure and more. So yeah, that I completely agree with you when it when it comes to, to Google high intent. People are at the moment instantly searching for something. They're asking a question. And if it has to do with you and your offering, you could be front and center. So certainly the ad is a really good way to get up front yeah. and center with them. Another great way is SEO, right? Because yeah. it, it turns out a lot of people do just jump right over the ads and they go to the organic results. Okay. So if you can get in there as well, that's fantastic. Now, when it comes to like Facebook or social media, just curious, have you tried something like retargeting so that when they come to your website, you can get back in front of them in, in a place yeah, like we Facebook? Tried, we tried. I just, I didn't, I also didn't want to do Facebook ads because I didn't want to be, I wanted to stay away from the ambulance chasing game. And, and I felt that Facebook ads were just, it was too much of, you know, what I consider an ambulance chaser is a lawyer who look, goes out to look for a client, whereas let the client come to you, you know, and that's how I felt. I just didn't think Facebook was a good ad. Instagram on the other hand, is not starting with Instagram, but it's not to find clients. It's more to to, to gain credibility. I, I feel like today, if you don't have an Instagram, it used to be about five years ago, six years ago, I would get international clients and they'd ask me for my website. At the beginning, I didn't have a website. And if you didn't have a website, you didn't exist. You were like a that's right. and, and I think that, forget the website today. I think that that's a given. But I think that's today like, oh, what's your Instagram handle? What's your Twitter? That's what people are looking for. So it's not really to like, oh, uh, it's not really to, to advertise our service. It's more like to show credibility that you know we were, we're current with with the times yeah yeah uh, so social media seems like is used uh, primarily for verification 
of who you are as a firm, who you are as a person, get to know the staff awards. And it really just verifies that you're a legitimate business. Because if you're not on a place like Instagram or Facebook these days, it's considered kind of weird, right? It's kind of like not having a website. If you don't have a website, you don't exist. It's not quite the same with social media, but it's it's getting to that point. So yeah, you have, you know, uh, certainly my opinion and yours, it sounds like you have to have a presence on social media and you have to keep it pretty fresh. Like you can't go weeks or months without posting. So you have to have some sort of a plan to post something. Um, that that's that's certainly one big aspect. Uh, the the other part though is is you could advertise in addition to that, and it's it's a little bit separated actually. But uh, with retargeting, at least you can get back in front of those people that came to your website. These are people that probably found you through Google or a referral, or somehow they ended up on your website, and you can get right back in front of them. So it's not so much um you know the chasing like you had had you met you had mentioned more like you know getting back in front of the people that came to you in the first place. I yeah. find the Google reviews are also very important. And, I, and I'd say Google reviews are even more important than the ads because the, the ad, the Google review legitim, le, legitimizes the, the, the service rendered. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have that many Google reviews. I maybe have like 13, I think. But uh, most of my clients don't want to advertise to the world that they hired me. You know, nobody's proud that they hired a divorce lawyer or a commercial <laughs> lawyer, you know? So really those 13 posts are clients that I felt comfortable asking to post a review or uh, some of them are sp- spontaneous, but I'd say nine of them I'd ask, you know, just if you're happy with the service, please leave a review. But somebody who's going through a messy divorce fighting for custody of their children, you know, I don't really feel comfortable asking them to, to leave a review, you know, whether or not I'm, I'm 100% certain that the client is, is satisfied. Yeah, I don't think it's appropriate. So yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion. Well, you're right. I mean, no matter what, I guess even a successful divorce is not the best thing in the world, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, you, so but but it's I like the fact that you that you have a plan for asking, right? So you'll ask in a particular situation versus not ask because it is very important. If you can get one of those, it's highly valued. And the people that, that are coming along afterwards, looking at you, looking at your Google My Business, if they see reviews, that's another positive indicator, just like having a website, just like being on social media and you have reviews. I mean, that yeah. that's really good to get all those things. You can't have too many, right? Because I find that the people who have like companies that have like 1,400 reviews, it looks almost like like they lock you up in the office before you leave and you can't leave without posting, you know? So <laughs> I mean, you have to find the happy, the happy medium that are yeah are genuinely happy and yeah. i think i think a truly smart and informed client or consumer knows the difference between a fabricated ad and a real genuine you know somebody who's actually genuinely satisfied with the service hey there this is eric j olson the ceo of array law if you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company reach out you can find us online at arraylaw.com or call us at any time 757 757- Three three three, three zero two one. That's great. No, I love that. How are you handling your marketing right now? Are you doing it all in-house? No, we. I hire somebody external. I've been through a few people. The problem I find with Google Ads is the fee that the administrator takes often takes 100% or close to 100% of the of the gross profit. So you're, you're basically mm. fighting to, to be even. I had somebody who was really good. He's actually a lawyer now, but the fee, the fee didn't make sense. And also he didn't want to do this the rest of his life. I have somebody now who's very good, for, Montreal-based. It's important for us to be Montreal-based because of the French. We speak French here like we spoke before. So it has to be somebody who's you know at least able to to understand what the words mean in french because we do do ads both in english and in french so that's uh, we're always looking to uh we don't do it in house. We, we tried doing it in house, to be honest, for, for about six months. It doesn't work. You know, like you have to be trained and uh, people 
it, it's a lot of money to play with. It's a big gamble. Yeah. You know? um, so no, we don't do it in-house. We, we always look uh, out external. You know, it's it's one of those things, marketing, maybe it's like the law, right? Like it's easy to dabble in it. You, you can get familiar with it pretty quickly, but you're not going to be an expert overnight. It's going to take a long time yeah. and a lot of practice, right? And so certainly with something like Google Advertising, they make it very, very easy for you to open an account, put your credit card in, pick a couple of keywords and you think you're good, but that's that's no. just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much that goes in. And yeah, and you're right. You you can definitely go through a lot of money very, very quickly mm-hmm. if you open it up. So. Oh, it's dangerous. And if, if your words are too broad, we were at one point getting, I don't know, 30, 40 phone calls a day. Cost obviously a small fortune, but they're looking for any lawyer. So meaning if your lawyer's name is John Davis and, and you're trying to settle an invoice with him and, and you Google John Davis, well... We came up. So they called our office looking for John Davis and then getting upset because where's John Davis? You know, Google said that this is John Davis's office. Yeah. So- you have to be careful. The, the real the over-broadening of the scope of, of the ads has to be really reined in. You have to avoid using the, the word lawyer. I find somebody who's able to master the ads without actually using the word of the of the service, that's the biggest secret, secret because then you'll actually get people who are looking for, for, for you. Yep. There you go. That's nice. Hey, what, what is something that you uh, previously were, were doing in marketing or advertising that was working, but really isn't working quite like it used to? I would say, like I said, Facebook did, we did get calls from Facebook. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for, for the legal, the legal, it really guessing because Facebook is not cheap either, right? I mean, Facebook is pretty, mm-hmm. uh, it's not as bad as Google. It's not as expensive as Google, but it's still, it's still up there. And a good friend of mine in Montreal runs a, a, mar- a, a Facebook based marketing agency. So my, my overhead wasn't, my, my cost wasn't even that big. I mean, he was practically helping me. It was just literally the, the cost of Google of Facebook ads. But Facebook ads, I, I think, like I said, Facebook is not appropriate for everything. I think Facebook is more retail, retail-based and less of a, a professional service. Like, I don't think a doctor either would, would want to, like, a, let's say an orthodontist for, for braces treatment. I don't think Facebook is a good, uh, is a good, is a good fit. So I'd say, I'd say it's Facebook. We even tried at one point having, like, a, in Montreal, where, like, you know, like the DMV, where you pay your, mm-hmm. your tickets. So we even got a lease right across the DMV in a shopping center, like, literally very close, like 20 or 30 feet away from from the uh from the office hoping that people are going to the dmv to pay their tickets and they'll stop by our little boutique you know our little little store on the way to settle them but we were there for six months i think there was two girls running it two female lawyers and i think they got they were hit on more than anything so we just uh we just we <laughs> can't just have that yeah we just closed it so yeah so maybe that in in person marketing didn't work and facebook we we we, we won't probably interesting probably won't. yeah well, two two completely different things, right? And but but that's interesting because you're you're trying different things, and that I think that's a really good thing to do because a lot of people they'll they'll just stick with one thing. Like you've mentioned Google Ads a couple of times. If it works, you'll just stick with that. But I think you always need to be adding on different things because you never really know where your prospective clients are going to come from. Right. And just because you know we may you and I may prefer a Google or we may prefer Facebook or we may prefer Instagram doesn't mean everyone else does. For sure. Right? Yeah. Interesting. The good part of the advertising that I've done over the the past it's only about four or five years that i've been doing this is that our firm is not dependent on the advertising meaning our referrals are 90 percent of our clients so it's not a business that we were basically sitting in the office staring at each other hoping that you know this will work so we did have the luxury of being able to run a business at 100 percent capacity and using google the re- only reason i started using google to be honest is to try to expand for for, for growth and now you hear a lot of i don't know what this this key word that's going around but to, to pivot and to uh scale that's the that's the big word people are using i don't know how you could scale i've been, I often think uh, how to scale a law firm. Uh, I, I, my personal opinion is that in the in the domains of law that I that I work in, I don't think you could scale it because when you scale something, you know the the personal interaction goes down, and the, I, I find the service not that 
in a service-based industry, it's hard. It, I would say it's between hard and impossible to scale because I, I can't manufacture shoes at a ten-time growth rate, right? I'm, yeah. I, mean, I would get if I got a thousand new clients tomorrow. Well, everybody would would, would lose because the, my existing clients would, would lose out, and those thousand clients, there's no way I, you know would be ten. Well, uh, yeah, the, the, the term scale it, it seems to be overused, right? It's really kind of like a software term, in my opinion, where you can you can just like pile on more and more customers without your expenses going up quite as much. Right. In service-based industries, marketing, you know, legal, you, you have to increase your services, your expenses to go along with the customers. But you know, so speaking of, of growth, what are your growth plans for the next few years? Uh, you know what? I, I used to want to be at 10 lawyers. That was my, my if you asked me two years ago, what's your, what's your goal to be at 10 lawyers? I would say my still my my, my plan is to is to get to ten lawyers. That, that that's like I, I wouldn't want to exceed. I mean I know the pretty I know the legal business pretty well, and uh, you know the bigger law firms have the reputations of being very overpriced. You're you're paying you know like buying a Tiffany bracelet. You're paying for the bag and for the and for the lady who smiles at you when you purchase it, right? You're not necessarily yeah. paying for the bracelet. Yeah. So it's the same in law the law business. I mean you know just because a lawyer charges you double what I'm charging you doesn't mean that his service is twice as good. That's right. It just means that his rent is ten times higher than mine, and that he has to bill you at at three or four times the rate. So my goal was never to be a big firm. My goal was up until about three years ago, I could go through my client list and tell you everybody's name and everybody's problems. You know, now, you know, it's a good thing. I can't anymore, but I still want to have a handle of at least half. You know, I still want to, I still want to have a personal relationship with at least half of the clients. So I would say 10 is the magic number. I won't be upset if I don't get to 10. It's not necessarily like a hard, a hard goal, but you know, 10 would be nice. Good for you. Yep. Well, Daniel, if someone wants to reach out and ask you questions or just connect, what is a good way to connect with you? So putting it up, so it's brooklegal.ca and it's it's based in Montreal. So it's 1514-831-7776. And if you want to reach me directly, my email is db at brooklegal.ca. That's my personal email if you want to reach me out. And uh, that's it. And cool. another thing I, I learned from a podcast once is that if the owner answers the phone, you know, the, the success rate of the sale multiplies by, I don't know how many thousands of percent. So believe it or not, I, I answer the phone at Brook Legal. We're really busy. We get about a hundred calls a day. I'm the one who answers the phone. So if you found me I, charming, uh, give a call. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. Good for you. <laughs> it's not easy to do, right? You want to outsource that, but it's a great thing for you to pick up that call. You, people want to be the big shot with the secretary, but you yeah. know, I do have a secretary, but her job is not to answer the phone. So <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, I appreciate that. That was a great tip at the very end. So lots of tips. Google ads are working for you. In-person marketing is not working, at least as far as a little boutique shop that you talked about. That was interesting. And then picking up the phone as the owner, that is definitely working. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. All right, everybody. If you would like to check out more episodes like this, you can see our entire backlog at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. And also, if you're looking for digital marketing services, then you can check out my firm, Array Digital at ArrayLaw.com. We specialize in website design, SEO, online ads, and social media. Daniel, once again, thank you. Thanks, Eric.